Welcome to another week of Level Up with Matt Rogers. I am your host, Matt Rogers. With me, as always, is the man with the goldish brown beard, the whiz behind it all. Gold is in it, but Eli Adelman. How are you, buddy? Good. Yeah. The golden Jew, Eli there Adelman. It is. There it is. You are the man. Yep. Uh, thanks for always making this great. Today is going to be great because for the first time in podcast history, oh we have two guests what? on the same show. Crazy. And for those of you who have been following us for the last three years, you've noticed that season three, we've switched to having guests every other Wednesday. And then we do seven minutes with Matt on Mondays and Thursdays. So these two guests I met through my best friend, Rex Crane, which let's be honest, 90% of our guests we've met through Rex Crane because he's freaking awesome. And uh, these two, I'm so freaking excited because we are, we have like music royalty sitting at our table. They're unbelievable. Let me give you some of their stats. And they are a couple. They've been married for 10 years, have three beautiful children, That's Jordan, awesome. Frankie, and Jaslyn. All three cool names, by the way. There you go. Throw that down. Um, first of all, let's start with Ryan Edgar, my man Ryan. He's worked with Toby Mac, Israel Hooten, Kirk Franklin, Gateway Church, Dark Child, Rodney Jerkins. He's written songs in the last year alone. In the last year alone, he's written songs for the Super Bowl, the World Cup, the Ryder Cup, World Series, and the Olympics. If you go across the seas, he's got like Toyota commercials. Like, I, I follow his wife, Nikki Leonti, on Instagram uh, and him. But uh, Nikki was like watching him. No, she was listening to one of his songs on TV. And she wrote like, the joys of listening to your husband's voice on TV. So Ryan's an absolute <laughs> <Nope>. beast. <laughs> Nikki is unbelievable. She's a singer-songwriter Early on in her career, which we'll talk about, I want to say, I don't know the exact age, but like 10, 11, 12, she debuted her album, or maybe in her teens, uh, and her Christian album debuted at number seven on the Billboard charts. So she is and was always an absolute beast. Then the Christian church fired her pretty much. We're going to talk about that because that's what Christians do. They eat their own a lot when things don't go the way like that they believe. she the first believed. canceled, like of the cancel culture? Oh, dude, she was like the first Christian cancel culture. <laughs> yeah. Absolute beast. We're going to get into that. But, dude, since then, it's kind of like, look at God's gifts are without repentance. So he don't take the gift away. So her gift continue to magnify. She's partnered with and worked with. I mean, dude, I'm just going to name drop a few here. How about this? Carrie Underwood, Ludacris, Little Kim, Robin Thicke, Jesse J. She's done a ton on Glee. She's a Disney singer-songwriter and, again, an absolute beast. And they're here with us. Welcome, Ryan Edgar, Nikki Leonti. Oh, my God. Is my face red? I'm painting out right now. <laughs> Dude, that was awesome. That was really good. Was, thank you for I that I got hyped intro, on myself bro. listening to you yeah. talk Dude, about me. Yeah. I remember, so Rex <laughs> talked about you guys. By the way, they're finalists on America's Got Talent. Like, go back and Google them on America's Got Talent. It was unbelievable. So I heard about you guys when you were on America's Got Talent, Rex told me we were doing a thing at like the Grammy Museum or something. He's like, yeah. bro, I just got back from watching my friends, Nikki and Ryan. You got to meet them. So I heard about you for years before I actually met you. And now you live like right up the street and we're becoming yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we're like real friends with you. Totally. Dude, it makes me happy. Dude, I remember coming. I remember when. Uh, Nikki was taping something. What what show? I forgot what show that was for. But we were on a lot near Universal Studios, and we were down there. And you were taping a show that day. You were yeah, totally I was on hosting a Hallmark Channel. Yeah, you were totally hosting, and like you were in front of that house and stuff. Yep. And I was like, 
that's Matt. I was like, cause I knew you from seeing Dude, you with Rex. Crazy. And I was like, that guy's so cool, man. Check yeah. him out. Did I like, have hair just, back then or was I bald? Dude, you're rocking the bald like, oh. dude. I was so much cooler with her. No, I'm just kidding. Whatever. <laughs> the baldness is beautiful. You are the man. Dude, it's, I mean, honestly, like not to sound like hyper spiritual or anything, but like, dude, it's really cool how, how like God works. How it was like, it's always idea for us to be friends, and it probably took a little longer than it was supposed to because we probably should be friends now for like seven or eight years. Yes, but we're new friends. I freaking love you guys. I can't look at <laughs> you without it. smiling. <laughs> like perfect seriously. timing. I'm like so That's happy right. that you guys are my friends, and Same. I really think this episode is going to help a lot of people who have church hurt. Um, these are recovering preachers' kids, if we could say. Yes, mm-hmm. we right? are. Yeah. And but why is that? Like that has such a stigma to it. Why? Like, what does that mean? Like recovering preachers, kids like Nikki, we'll start with you. Well, I think for me and I know some other people who've lived these similar lives, lifestyles, really, there's like a culture, especially like 80s, 90s kids Mm -hmm. in the church while our parents generation where they were trying to figure things out too. Yep. Like how, how far do we go? How long is this leash? What are they allowed to do (laughs) and not allowed to do? And a lot of times it was like this, these polarizing opposites. So for me, it was like, you know, no radio stations and most TV was banned and I couldn't listen to anything but Christian music. I couldn't go to non-Christian people's houses or most people's houses for that matter because they were all like lukewarm Christians in their eyes. So it's a lot of like judgment as to what other people are compared to yourself. And like, no, in, in my story, there wasn't really any mindfulness or attention paid to like your own issues either it was just like stay away from the sinners right and which is the opposite of like it's so crazy it's brilliant I, it's a brilliant I, I, plan. It's a brilliant plan. <laughs> I remember so I was like 10 years old and this is like in the 80s I loved Mr. T especially after Rocky 3 dude fool. me too yeah. 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 My cereal. and he yeah. came out and we weren't allowed to watch R-rated movies and yeah. he came out with an R-rated movie called DC Cab and I <laughs> and I still haven't watched it to this day because it was R-rated and I was having a sleepover no. at my friend's house and I called my mom I go, Mom, they're watching DC Cab. It's Mr. T, but it's R.H. She goes, nope, I'm coming to pick you up. Oh, and I went home. Oh, no, dude. So I wasn't allowed to watch R.H. movies either. Oh. But it's, yeah, you're like, that That worked out well. It doesn't sound too far-fetched at all, though. <laughs> at all, dude. That's, That's in the realm of possibilities there for sure. We weren't yeah. allowed to watch kissing on commercials either. Really? We had to block our eyes while there was anything like that came off as intimate with a someone. Wow, yeah. So, yeah. It's crazy that you ended up having kids after all that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My first hit after I held hands, like four weeks later, I'm pregnant. It's amazing that happened. Dude, I, I'm not going to get I was about to go down that path because I really <laughs> believe like if, if it got even close to a girl, she right. was going to get pregnant. I didn't understand the whole thing, how it worked in my yeah. teens. Yeah. I just yeah, knew. Same. If my pants came off next to a girl, she was going to get pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't matter what we did. <laughs> you know? That was my level of, of awareness about the whole thing. I right. had seen a health book once <laughs> of just naked people in a line. Can I say that? Is okay. that too? Oh, okay. for sure. Okay, good. And it just, all that changed was like the hair got bigger with every decade. <laughs> and you're like, gross. Right. I don't my, even want to see him naked. Yeah, and my brother was like, that's me. Like the 30 year old. <laughs> oh, <he's> like, <laughs> like full blown. That's ha- where I'm at. Hairy hair. <laughs> Areas. That's all I knew is that your hair got puffier through the years. Everything else was just 
out there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so good. Thank God that generation has moved on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but like from a serious note, I'll, let's let's start with you, Nikki, because I mean, your parents, you know, I, I'm getting to know you as a friend too. So if I screw this up, just yeah. say no, it was actually this way. But you grew up in the church. I want to say you grew up as the featured singer in like tent revivals and stuff, right? right? And then you launched your Christian music career and then you had a setback, whatever that is. Let's talk about that and how the Christians treated you because, hey, the way this ends, it ends on an uptick. And I think a lot of people who have experienced church hurt can learn a lot from you and Ryan on how to deal with that and how to recover because ultimately don't look at God's character and nature through bad Christians, Right, right, exactly. Right. So like what happened? Because then we'll always be disappointed. Um, so growing up in, in church life, I started singing at, you know, different churches through Southern California. I was just watching the Jesus Revolution movie yeah. and saw Chuck Smith and he booked me for my very first gigs when I was like 12, 13 years That's old. Yeah. And so they were a big deal in like Riverside. I I grew up in Riverside. So Greg Laurie and Harvest. The 909? Yes. Or was it 951 back then? It was then? the 909 back Let's then. Go. 951 is for, you know, the later <laughs> people who aren't real 909ers. It's true. Um, but yeah, the Harvest people and mm -hmm. all of that, that's where I got my start singing. And uh, I loved it. Like I really had a heart for God, for ministry. It was important to me. I was a part of the purity culture, speakers, abstinence conferences, mm -hmm. Um, read all the though, books. I don't, I don't think that was bad, right? Like, you should save yourself for marriage. Like, I can honestly say, like, for real, for real, my wife and I, we were not perfect before we got married. Neither of us were virgins when we got married. Sorry, son, if you're listening to that. But we weren't. <laughs> but we did wait to have sex until we married. And I can honestly say, there has been a supernatural blessing on our sex life because I believe we waited. So, like, the purity culture, like, they did screw it up because they put so much legalism in it, but it's not right. bad to save yourself for marriage. Like that's the way God designed it, right? No, and of course, I mean, as a parent, like of course, I want my for kids sure. to be like an untouched flower on their <laughs> wedding days. You know, of course, that's like the most excellent way of yes. doing things. I think there was like a negative feeling once you know you've engaged in premarital sex and there's like this I don't have this special thing anymore yes so mm -hmm. it, it's easy to throw like there's these all or nothing polarizing ideas and it's easy to just go all in the other way like I'm either yep on this path and, and I'm good in the eyes of the Lord and I'm pure or I'm not and so like mm -hmm. my brain because there was no in between was like oh here we go I'm, I'm on this path now I'm this person who's failed and um so yeah i did the abstinent uh abstinence conferences and magazines on purity and different things like that true love weights true love weights i had a, i had a key around my neck that i had Dude. bestowed upon me at a conference and i chewed it it was like this little <laughs> as you're looking at ryan across the room you're like <laughs> <"All right." laughs> I gifted it to both of my husbands. Do you husbands. want my key? <laughs> You're I so real. I love, I love it. it. I gifted go. it to my first husband as a recycled virgin type right. offering because that's right. what they called us to. Recycled? Back then, recycled virgin, which still has like a weird It does have a weird, thing. but they meant well. They meant well. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it seems like the word virgin doesn't work anymore. Dude, it's. True. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of like, seems mm -hmm. that recycled. 
Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. But it's crazy how like, but back then it's crazy how like the sin in Christian's mind, the sin overrode redemption. Right. Yes. The sin was bigger than like, like yeah. they didn't preach redemption. They preached sin, brother. Sin. Right. That's what it felt like. And right. so on that journey, trying to live up to these standards and do this, I am touring around the world Damn. and I'm, I have four top five songs, the number one song on the radio. Like it's all going, going. And when I met my first husband, at, he was in a Christian band as well. And it was something where it was like easy. I'm like, I have, you know, never held hands with a man and like everything felt like, you know, when I did those interviews and I said, I shall not give away a single kiss until my wedding day. Like I really did sincerely have right. these feelings to do that. But coming from someone who had a, a traumatic upbringing, who had a father who was not present, but there, just right. like a moving body. Yeah. You know, the first time someone held my hand and was around, I couldn't handle what that came with. I'm like, yeah. I can never be alone again. This feels too good. Now, this person was a really bad person, did a lot of really bad things, but I couldn't leave that feeling of being, you know, alone, go back to being alone again. Do you think if your dad would have been more affectionate with you and showed you what that felt like in a pure father daughter way? Do you think that would have changed the way you felt when you finally got alone with a man in like a sexual way or no? I do actually. I think that there's something to be said for having people that notice you and pay attention to you. I mean, it's so simple, but when you have someone in your life that matters so much and you matter so much to them, like you live at a different standard mm -hmm. than knowing nothing in you that you do in your life is going to ultimately matter because no one sees the good or the bad. Like when you're checked out, when your yeah. parents are disassociated and they're not caring. I think that level of care, you know, maybe I wouldn't have, right. but I think it gives young women a chance to know they have like this father's love and it's not, you're not such a dry garden. I I see, saw myself as like this empty soil, this dry soil Jeez. and one drop. And I'm like, I'm yours. Take <laughs> right. me, you know, and I'm yeah. not seeing anything else. I'm not seeing their character. I'm not seeing they're lying or whatever it wow. is. So I'll, that guy, what, the, your ex, right, mm -hmm. was doing that. Like, what? Not a great guy. Oh, I mean, uh, during our marriage and after, I mean, arrested multiple times. And and this was a Christian producer, a Christian guitarist and a Christian band. Wow. Ended up like in decent exposure arrests and public masturbation arrests and uh, peeping Tom on the colleges here in Nashville. Like, Are you kidding oh, yeah, me? I ended up meeting like someone who I just wasn't prepared as a young you 17 year old to handle like, guys like. I mean, it's like a, a the guy's like Quagmire or something. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I want to pivot. I want to pivot there. So this is, or put a pin right there. So this is your Sorry. husband at the time. Yes, and you're you're about to get out of this relationship. Right? Okay, so I already am starting to see stuff, and I'm like, I'm not in love with you. Why did you get booted from the Christian church? Like, why did all that go away? So I find out I'm pregnant, right before you're married with this guy. Yes, okay. with this guy, and I. I just wanted to make it right. Like I felt so guilty. I'm like, look what I did. And I was on a tour at the time, like a winter jam type tour. And I had to tell all of them. I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm pregnant. This is what's happening. They asked me to stay on the tour. They were actually really kind. And they're for him back in the 
basics of life guys the uh they were who i was touring with at the time oh wow and they said you can Back to the basics of life you don't yes remember, you remember that oh, song yeah eli you remember that <laughs> wow so they, i didn't know that was you i'm fanning out a little bit more now oh, yeah, they're so great so they offered me to stay and personally being on stage for 20 30,000 people a night being pregnant like i left early I'm like, I can't do it. I sign girls autographs all night and I'm just not going to stay on the road and take some time off. So I get back to Nashville and I I tell my management and the whole thing. And my ex and I were like, let's, you know, let's just get married to make it right. You know, even though he wasn't we weren't thriving in a relationship, it was like immediately let's do this. And so, so I had like, like real a, old school mentality. Oh, yeah. Like, OK, now I'm going to make myself pure and right and yes all right, like seven days later after i found out i'm pregnant like and then okay so let me pin there and now i want to go to ryan and get your backstory and then we're going to bring them all together at the end right okay cool okay so ryan you haven't come into the picture yet obviously right at this point tell me about your background and what you're doing so like we have two parallels we have my future wife nikki in the 90s is off doing this Where's Ryan Edgar at that time? I am. Okay. So at that time I am off partying super hard is what I'm doing. And you're a pastor's kid too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm in my, I'm in my teenage years at that time too. Let me ask you both. Yeah. Do you think pastor's kids go off the deep end because there's so much legalism around them? Like you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do that. And then you finally get out and you're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Or is it the pastors are so busy. They don't spend enough time that's you're pointing at me. So that's it. Yeah. I think what I've seen a lot of, and I, I, I'm not blanket statement sure. on, on everyone here, but what I've seen is that there's such a, a need to heal the world and to help the church and to feed into your church community that there is a lot missing in your family life that's getting overlooked and which should be numero uno for where they're at and what their ministry is. But right. No, for sure. I mean, there's, I, I think in every scenario it's different because all the parents are different. All like churches are different. Leadership is different. Everything is yeah. and how they raise you. And, in, and specifically, I think in the eighties and nineties, a lot of us have similar stories because of what was happening. I think, um, Christian music like became a, a thing thing then, but we had hymns before, but then it became a business, right? Yeah. Christian films, Christian thing like they, that started to really build and give people an opportunity to not. Um, look at things that were secular, right? So you can listen to Christian music now. You can separate now. So that's really when that weird sort of stuff in my, like, like I understand how my parents felt that way because that's, they were like, oh, check this out. This is all safe now. Yeah. And this is all bad. So for me, I felt like they didn't know it, but at the end of the day, it wasn't a great idea. It was sort of like an easy way to be like, they can watch this, not this. They can listen to this, not this, you know? And meanwhile, some of the Christian people we're listening to are like right. crazier than. Dude, totally. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, So you're at this time, you're, are you a teenager yeah. in, the, in the 90s and uh-huh. you're party? Like when you say partying, like what are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm doing a ton of drugs. So I did a, like mostly party drugs and stuff like that. I, I sold uh, a lot of, a lot of marijuana when I was in high school. Was marijuana and, the gateway to the other stuff? I don't 
know if it was a gateway necessarily. I was ready. Like for some reason, there was something in me that by the time I was 12, 13 years old, I was ready. Like the first person that offered me a joint, it wasn't like, oh, I don't know. Uh, it was like, where have you been, bro? It's time to spark wow. this baby up, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> and I never really asked, I never really asked a lot of questions uh, as far as like, why were you like that, Ryan, you know, about myself yeah. until in the last, you know, I'd say 10 years going, What's Hey, that answer? was really odd, man. <laughs> uh, that's a good, well, I still like, that's still a good question. Why was I so ready to do that? But I know that I was, there was something missing. I, there was something missing to where I, um, I wasn't being connected to in a certain way, I think, where it I was searching for something inside. So let me ask you a tough question. Yeah. Thinking back then, as a Christian back then, why wasn't your relationship with Christ enough? <laughs> like, that's what they would say, right? Right. Because yeah, yeah. we're about relationship, not religion. Yeah, so right. Why isn't your relationship in the right place? Like, I'm being, you know, 1990s yeah. Pentecostal Pastor Pete here. There's, there's still some of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, I think that, like, anytime, I feel like anytime I've ever come to God in my life, honestly, you know, that that God's always been good to me and he's always come to meet me. Been faith, You know, why was that not enough? It's it's not that God isn't enough. It isn't that like, it isn't like your relationship with him isn't powerful enough to just do extraordinary things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That if you don't have a relationship, you may not see, you know, like, so that relationship is powerful. However, the way that he set things up is we need each other, man. Yeah. We need people. You need somebody to be able to look at you and call things out as a young person in your yeah. life and say, Hey, this is, I see this gift in you, man. And people who have maybe they're so a little when you further say down call the, out, you're not saying call out and point out the bad stuff. You're saying call out the gifts and the good stuff that God put in you. Yeah. That stuff too. You know, you need to be able to like people being to look seen. up to being yeah. seen. Yeah. Being, seen. and if you know, like there's places that when it comes to getting to know somebody or somebody who's having trouble, right. Like if there's a kid who's using drugs, there is a way like they have to be pursued. You know what I'm saying? That's they really word. have to yeah. be pursued, man. And if they're not fully pursued, then there's a, a good chance that, you know, they're going to stay in the same place, especially teenagers. And it's especially comes, living and I hate with your to parents. interject. It comes oh, down yeah. to who sees you. It's the same as a, a teenage a teenager who hasn't been seen and someone comes along who, yeah. who sees something in them and they feel like they're being noticed. And so they can follow that way. It's the same in a marriage. If you're not tending to each other That's and someone point. comes along and sees something that you did that no one else sees and notices right. about you, you can go along that way. There's the question right. for you guys listening. Who do you see? Who are you seeing right now? Are you seeing your spouse? Are you seeing your kids? Or are you seeing your coworker that you're not married to more than you're seeing your spouse? Ouch. Whoa. All right, Ryan, go ahead. My goodness. Where was I? Where were we talking? Okay. You were going like, yeah. so you're, you're party boy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> parallel here, your future wife yes. is, you know, she made, she's about to marry a guy she probably shouldn't marry for the sake of Christianity. Right. And you're just throwing Christianity out the road and you're like, Budweiser time. <laughs> right. It's, it's Miller High Lifetime. So <laughs> what happened? How, like. What happened to your career? Because you're a musician at the time, right? Right. Well, I actually hadn't, didn't have much of the only career that I was, that I had at that time was probably selling drugs and stuff. You know? <laughs> really? But I could, yeah, like I, I could sing and stuff, but I was still, we're still talking about teenage years, man. We're, Are we're you still going early. to church and slinging 
Drugs? I mean, my parents would make me go to church still. Mm -hmm. So like to hold up appearances. So, so here's the thing is that they wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily know all I was doing. Cause I wasn't like all up in their face disrespectful. Yeah. I wasn't crazy enough to yell at my mom or dad, you know, I'm gonna get equalized real quick. (laughs) (laughs) And my parents loved me. Like they were really, you know, and doing their best to try to figure those things out with me. So did you like, did you turn it all around before you became a worship ladder? I mean, cause you, am I right in saying you led worship at, at gateway church? Oh yeah. Robert Morris's church. Like that's, yeah, big, big, so, big, so big. I was one of the one of the one of the worship leaders there, you know. So not like the head worship the head worship leader there uh, was Thomas Miller when mm-hmm. I was there. He's still he's an elder there now. But um I came over with him and helped start that whole thing. I was so was, was your past was all that already behind you? Yeah, that you? was behind me then. So that okay. was uh the, the early two thousands. So I I um had a close to death experience and then happened? after that well um I took some hallucinogens after being on a bit of a drug bender and my heart was giving out and they, I ended up going to the hospital and they had to work on me to not, you know, to keep me from dying for like a couple of hours. And so it was really complicated. What were you feeling it give out or did you just black out? No, I felt it. I knew it was happening and it was of course exacerbated by the fact that I was on, you know, hallucinogenics, (laughs) you know, a um, you know, something that was, what what's the other word to say hallucinogenics or like uh whatever. whatever. Well, was it tabs, yeah, shrooms, yeah. acid? It was, was it? oh no, th- this was actually um uh, a form of acid and um LSD. It was like LSD and acid together. It was like a I've never seen it since really. So <laughs> you never saw the purple unicorn again? Yeah, I never saw the purple unicorn again. <laughs> the spaceship. That one. <laughs> so okay, so how do you come back? So you have this near-death experience, they bring yes. you back, and then it's uh-huh. like all right, I'm at rock bottom. Jesus, I'm never doing that again. Like what well, happened? In that moment, I actually, I felt um, this weight in my chest and I felt myself like, I felt my body shutting down. And oh so like, it was really, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's almost impossible to explain, right. you know, but I felt my body shutting. I knew it was, and I asked God to help me and God helped me. That's awesome. Yeah, I actually asked in that moment. And so when I came out of it, it, you know, it was the next day, it was like midday, through the next day when I was really coming to and because they had put so much stuff in my system to try to help me, you know? And, um, after that, I realized that I needed a change in my life, you know? And I'm just thankful that I will, anytime I think about that, I'm thankful for that moment that I was able to think and know and go, Hey, you have to change something or you're going to die or you're going to go to jails. It's one of those two are going to happen or you got to change something. So I'm thankful for that moment, you know, but after that, um, I went to teen challenge. Love it. Yep. Was in there for a year. You know, who founded teen challenge. I learned this in the assemblies of God teaching Wilkerson, David freaking Wilkerson, man. Wilkerson founded <laughs> teen challenge. He did. I know that through my AG teaching. You do. Yeah, I like that. I'm really, really proud of myself. You know, Nikki yeah. Cruz is too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Cross the switchblade was a great movie. So you go to teen challenge, yeah. you turn it around at uh-huh. this time. Okay. So Nikki back to you. How do yep. you turn your situation around? Cause now you're pregnant, you're young, you're at the top of the Christian charge and you're about to marry a guy that you probably shouldn't marry, but you didn't know that at the time. Yeah. Pretty wild. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Our parallel crazy. lives. So it is. Um, I'm a great narrator, aren't I? <laughs> you guys see the movie? No, it's you really are the cool. new chat GPT. <laughs> input information. Sorry, I can't stop thinking about it. I love it. You're the best. No. So yeah, I, I jumped into that marriage thinking that we're gonna turn it around and I would have an opportunity to still keep my career ministry going and 
kind of make my wrongs right. And I went on a an apology tour at like different radio stations and trying to. What does to, that sound like? Is uh, it like the Jimmy Swaggered? I have sinned against you. Like, what are you saying? Uh, that what does an apology tour look like? Because it sucks. It yeah. sucked. It was hard. I think, you know, I was realizing through this tour that this is not what I want anymore. I felt so bad about myself. This is not what I want in terms of what? I, I can't continue in this field with a Christian career. Because you know? why? I, I felt low about myself. I was like, the God of the universe has forgiven me through this the gospel message of undeserved grace, right? Yeah. I am new and I can do, you know, all things through Christ, all the things, but I, I can't get forgiveness from other humans right now. And they were mad at me. And I remember, I remember being pregnant and like one of the biggest Christian leaders in the teen world called me and was like, how dare you? You know, you embarrassed my platform. I can't believe I trusted you to be on my stage. And now I have to go and do blah, blah, blah. And I'm vomiting. You know, I had like sickness every day of my pregnancy. I just lost my whole career. How old were you again? I just turned 18 now at this point. Just saying. I yeah. feel like I need to ask That's this. young, dude. Did you ever think about calling a quit, suicide, anything like that? Or did that never enter your mind? That wasn't till later. <laughs> not oh, at really? That point. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we'll go back before we get there. So we'll go to that point. So. God has forgiven you, but the Christians haven't. Right. Christians haven't. Did you forgive yourself? No, I didn't forgive myself for probably a, a decade or more after that. I carried this weight of shame that just was in me. I felt like this is my fault. I I knew better and I should have done better. And I, I didn't see myself as like a victim of someone either until later on I started getting therapy and my right. counselor's like, let's unpack your family situation and let's unpack this guy who found you because he saw your picture in a, a store and oh, let's geez. unpack all these things that happened to you. And then I started having grace for myself that I didn't have. What would you so say long. to people who are listening or watching right now that have been battling that and still haven't forgiven themselves? Ooh, um, I, I just feel like the greatest the greatest feeling in the world, the greatest step we can take is to have that kind of unending grace that God has for us with our own hearts and lives and mind and, and everything. Mm. Like that is the transformative thing where it's like, no, there's, you know, we, we can say cliche things. God yeah. forgives, blah, blah, blah. And we're carrying this weight inside of us about our messy past or no, but I did this and that looks really bad. And we start labeling things differently than other people's crap and, and whatever it looks like. But for me, it was like the real transformation happened when I really accepted that grace for myself in the way that God sees me and, and sees my life and my past. And it's mess. It's messier than what I got canceled for. Right. I got canceled for like the easy stuff. <laughs> and so I thought if people really knew me and the things that I had done, imagine what the church would think of me, you know, which makes you hide, makes you feel isolated, all that. Yeah. Well, I'm like, I got, I got kicked out of churches, canceling their dates, returning their CDs, whatever it was for choosing to have life and, you know, give my daughter life and move forward and try to make it right and do all these things. And there was like an endless canceling, like they wouldn't come back from that. And so I unraveled in the same way I was taught the, the black and whites and the opposites is the how I saw my life when the sins came and took hold. Then it's like, well, 
it, that didn't work. You know, the, the, the apologies didn't work. I'm cancelable. I deserve nothing. So the Dang. next, yeah, the next time I got pregnant, I didn't choose life for that child. Wow. Because, and, and I had so much conviction the first time to do that, but I was so young and my, my brain is now all screwed up and I'm making decisions that made me feel even more terrible about who I was because now I'm like, now look what I, I did. You know, I nearly bled to death in Kentucky from an abortion. Are you kidding me? No. And I had to get a blood transfusion. And that was only a, a few years after, a couple of years after that. By the time I'm 21 years old, I'm in a hospital in the middle of nowhere bleeding to death. You know, and so I especially Who was went there on, for you. Who helped you? I was alone. I was on a tour and I had to make money. So I went on this tour a day after getting a procedure in the middle of Florida somewhere. And I went on the road with a Christian guy who brought me out to sing his background vocals because he was trying to help me after I couldn't get work. And then this happens. And then that's when I really spiraled into dark places where I'm like, after the abortion. Yeah. Do you think because of that abortion mentally, it took you down that path? Yeah. Yeah. I hated myself. I hated myself for where my life was. And I felt like I couldn't keep up or ever be what I once was this poster child of virginity. And then I felt like the entirely opposite direction, like just this loser kid who, you know, there's nothing for me anymore. Like literally that's when I felt like I, I probably shouldn't be alive. We had, um, last year we had, um, a big Christian comedian on here. His name is John Christ. And he talked about how he messed up and how there was a time like nobody reached out to him and just said, dude, I love you. I'm here for you. And then that one person did, did you have anybody that just said, I'm here for you. I, I don't know exactly how you're feeling, but I'm here. If you want to talk like, did anyone help you? Nobody helped me besides, well, someone gave me a check that was at the record label, John Elefante. He handed mm -hmm. me a check to help me on my way. And then after that, it was pretty just, I mean, it was alone. Nobody checked in on me uh, psychologically. How are you? What's happening? Like it was just, I was this marketable teen who was touring, making them money. I had people employed by me, band members, management, booking agency, record label, like all of the things. And it was like crickets, nothing. I think I got a pack of like a diaper set from William Morris agency with like oh a stork. God. And then that's, that's about it. Like it was, uh, just alone, just silence and alone. And I knew like I wasn't marketable anymore. I had nothing to offer. And then my value and identity was wrapped up in what I was doing. And so being that I couldn't sing and I couldn't tour, I felt like I was absolutely nothing. And my family from a music culture, it was like, you're something because you're talented. You know, I got attention in my childhood by being able to sing. It, it made me be seen in a way that I wasn't mm -hmm. seen in my family. So not being seen anymore made me feel Jeez. even more alone, desolate. So for your husband, Ryan, at that time, his body shutting down, he cried out to God and that was his turning point for you. What's the turning point here? Cause it's definitely your mind feels like it's shutting down. Like his yeah. body was shutting down. I would say there was some there was some turning points um, after my 
first near death experience, there was some like, okay, you know, let's start on a path. But my real spiritual like awakening God moments didn't happen until I had signed a a big record deal in L.A. with Warner Brothers. We were doing all of the shows and on Ellen and uh, singing in Times Square. That was when I was like 27. Okay. 27, 28 years old. So it took all that time of like going out, going to LA, living a life that I shouldn't have been living. Um, At this point, I had already been married twice. Mm -hmm. I was divorced twice by the time I was 25 years old. So by this time, are you pretty much like, well, I'm never doing anything Christian again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Like that's out the window. Like that door is slammed shut for me. And I never thought about it. I, I never listened to Christian radio again at that point. I was full atheist. Never went to Chick-fil-A. Oh. <laughs> I didn't have to worry about Sundays because I didn't sorry. go anyway. Deep moment <laughs> and I made a joke. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no. So, yeah, I felt like those doors were shut. You couldn't convince me God was real. I, real? Oh, you're, so you said you're for oh, real. I'm done. Like, atheist there's nothing mode. out there okay, for me. This is a fascinating question that I right. genuinely have for you. How do you see and experience the power of God at such a young age? Because you saw real stuff. I did. I and felt then, real stuff. Right. And then now your experiences that you're currently walking through, you're forgetting all those things that you've already saw. And you're just like, okay, well, God's not real. How does right. that happen? You start connecting people to God. They abandoned me. They don't care about me. They think, you know, I have this scarlet letter on me. I'm an outcast. I'm this and that. So you start wrongly connecting how people treat you to how you think God sees you Wow! and uh, would treat you. So I based it off my dad. I based it off my mom. I based it off the pastors who canceled. You know, I was like, I do not want to be in the club my parents are in. I don't want to be, I do not want to say I'm a Christian if those people are Christian. Like I just, I hated the whole thing. I hated the the terminology. I hated the Christianese. I hated when I said, I don't believe in God and convinced me otherwise. And they would be like, well, in the beginning was the word. I'm like, don't debate me with the Bible that I don't believe in right now. Right. You know, but I think there was this, there was no uh, outward display from all that knowledge and from all the religion. There was nothing coming out on the outside that would validate that love, that never ending deep well of love that God has. I didn't see that in, in real life you know, in my life. Isn't it crazy how she's saying love, like the greatest is love. And you weren't seeing that in anybody that professed to be a a real Christian. No, I had a song that was number three on Christian radio about loving one another. And if you like something, a part of her story that always just blows my mind is how many people had to see her and know that she needed help and support. Mm. How many times did people see that there was a teenager alone, alone on the road, a teenage and then a teenage girl on the road alone? No it's parents. Just, nobody's looking. Oh, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot of conversation. There's a lot of questions that needs to happen. There's, there's dialogue that needs to go on with somebody in that scenario. I mean, no matter where you are, if you stop talking to your teenager and you let them just roll off and like do whatever they want. There's a chance they're going to get into some stuff, right? 
Mm-hmm. Imagine this situation. Mm-hmm. Imagine all of a sudden you got finances and everybody thinks you're just great. And, uh, you know, and like, and yeah. you're carrying that. And no one's looking and out for you. They're not asking so, questions. They're sending nutritionists and trainers on the road because I was gaining weight. This is a Christian company. And then, then there's that dynamic where I'm like, oh, I never even thought of myself as someone who was bigger, you know, but I, I turned that leaf from a the 14 year old they signed to a 17 year old and she's gaining weight. Let's get someone to tell her to stop eating fast food and do all the stuff. I mean, this is wow. like the, the dynamics of being uh, in Christian music and being somebody that has to sell product. It's still marketing. It's still all these things, especially back then. We're not in the age of like, right no. now we everything is self love. We've made adjustments to those things, but then better, it's better. It was like just, mm-hmm intense pressure mm-hmm. so going to the ellen and, and and signing your regular with warner brothers like what turned it around because this is your turning point yes i'm, I'm I, and i have like literal moments and i'm living up in the hollywood hills my boyfriend at the time is like this billionaire heir to this what yes and we're driving the maybox and the bentley's around town and i'm doing the thing and i'm living my life and we're and, pals by the way me and him Really? <laughs> he's, oh, he's wonderful. Yeah, my ex is great. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Were you, okay. Were you were you were you miserable at the time, or were you were you miserable at the time, or were you having these temporary little victories and pockets of happiness? So you just went through. It was both. I'm having high highs and low lows. So I'm on TV. I'm I'm doing these things. the The world is my oyster. Whatever. Like everything is coming up. And then I'm fighting for my son with my ex mm. for custody. And because of my music career, they deemed it uh, imbalanced. And so he got the primary custody of my son. And so I paid child support to my ex for 11 years and flew to my son. Uh, and he took it. And he, he took it. it was, that was the hardest time in my life. I talk about all the other things, but none of that compares to when you're dealing stuff with your kids. You know, that was the real pain. That was the real struggle. What do you do? Because I, I do have, you know, and I'm primarily thinking of one person. Good Christian woman. Thought she married a good Christian man. And because she's the sole breadwinner and they're going through divorce, she's got to pay him. Mm-hmm. And. I know. what? Because I'm trying to be like, you know, hey, like I'm trying to say what I believe, but I don't know what it's like to be here. It's like. Trust in God. God's going to come through for you. And right. she's like, okay, well, where is he? Right. I'm, I'm paying the money. I'm doing the thing. Like, cool, bro. Where's he at? Yeah, that's hard because I thought the same thing. And I'm like, I'm handing a check over to this guy who was an alcoholic at the time. And I should have won. Like every amount of injustice that could happen happened based on this girl who was out with Carrie Underwood. She just cares about being a star. No, I didn't go to college. The only thing I, I knew how to do was to do music, you know, and I was judged wrongfully by a conservative judge who was like, no, you know, you don't get to have a primary. I would think that all the time I could have lived for years in, in heartache and uh, resentment if I would have really looked at what was happening at that time. But there was a lot of moments within the fact that I couldn't change anything at that time. God's provision was there. He brought like crazy miracles that happened for me, like one lady at the airport handed me vouchers that I could fly for free every month to see my son. And I wept like I shouldn't have been given that. 
And I'm like, wow. I get to see him every month. God sees me. The situation. So are you an atheist at this time or no? That was when I was starting to. Okay. That's yeah, when yeah, you're yeah. coming so, back. Okay. So I'm in okay. LA. I'm driving the Bentleys. I'm living the life. I'm sitting next to Leo DiCaprio at the the clubs, you know, like I'm no in the stuff. And <laughs> I get back to the studio one night and I'm laying in the 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 bed in the studio by myself and I decide to turn on some old Christian music from Why? the 90s. Why? It it just came up. I'm like I want to hear this song. And it, it was, it's your kindness that leads to repentance. Your kindness. Huh? Not that one. Not that, what, what does it go? It you was, sing it. It's your kindness that leads us to repentance, oh Lord. Knowing that you love us. You are good. That one? Yeah, it's a different one. It's oh, okay. Different. I was thinking about what it was. It was that one, one and it was another one. Is every day I look to you to be the strength of my life. You're the one I hold on to to be the strength of my life. Sing and it. I start Come with on, we want to be saying, sing it. every day I look to oh, you <laughs> to be the strength of my life. I remember. <laughs> I haven't heard that forever. I love that song. I hold on to to be the strength. I wish I could harmonize. Of my life. Be the strength of my life. Be the strength of my life. I don't know this song. Be the strength of my life. Be the strength of my life. Today. Good song, isn't it? So good. Okay, so you're listening to that, and then what? I weep, I weep, I start weeping. It was the original language that, that God makes, spoke to my heart. I have this was vision music. of you on your back. I love that song. I haven't heard it in 20 years, isn't that great? and I'm gonna download it. <laughs> was it the Heritage Singers? No, no it's <laughs> Leslie Phillips love originally them. recorded it. And uh, remember them, Champion of Love. Yeah, dude. What were they? What did you say? The Heritage the Singers. Heritage yes, it's Tim Davis's Davis. group. That's he likes, so awesome. Yeah, yeah they yeah. came to our church once. Oh, that's All right. Awesome. So okay, so, so you I'm have weeping. This- I hear this song and I f- start crying and I'm I I'm drawn back to my first moments of of loving God and feeling God and it was this moment that I'm like I I I want to believe I feel you I felt him with me and I'm like I need to change my life I need to leave this house this isn't what's helping me in my life I need to reestablish whatever it is to get my family back together. My son's, my daughter was with me, but my son was in Florida. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just go leave this high life. And I found this tiny little apartment so down the street. did you break up street. with your boyfriend? I did. And you all are still friends? Yeah, he's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. He came to yeah. some shows and Ryan, Ryan is not a weird, like Ryan has actually so much conf, inner confidence that he don't, he doesn't care. He's like bros I mean, out yeah. with them. I look out and I'm singing and they met each other and they're like uh-huh. arm in arm swaying together. And I was like, of course, my husband is like best friends with this guy. I now. love it's you, awesome. right? I freaking Everyone love him. I, I love that guy. He's great. And I love I, you. I love you, bro. Even though I don't have a Maybach yet. Not or yet. Or a Bentley. Yeah, yet. Yeah. Yet. That's I'm working, right. I'm working yeah, yeah. my way up. All right. So you have this redemptive experience and then we're going to bring Brian back yeah. in and then the two become one. And now yes. here you guys are. Cool. All right, so now you okay. Now your life turns around. You decide to get your family back, and then God starts blessing you. Airport vouchers. You're on Ellen. You're writing music. What's going down? Yeah, I'm. I get a call from my friend Tim Davis to go sing on Glee, and I had just lost my record deal at that point. So it's like, okay, I don't want to tour anymore. I'm gonna quit. 
I was offered an international tour as a background singer for a huge pop singer. And I said, no, I'm going to do whatever it takes to be stationary, get my family back together. So instead of taking this amazing international pop tour job, I take a little job in a hotel Can I lobby. Ask who it was? Pop, just out of You don't have to tell me. Okay. No? Never mind. All right. <laughs> I will after. Okay, that's fine. I just wanted to know. It's bad blood there with some people. I get to know after. Okay, go ahead. Um, So I end up taking this job in a lobby, a hotel lobby. And what happened was suddenly by being obedient to what I felt God was calling, all of a sudden Prince and Stevie Wonder and Justin Bieber and the Jonas Brothers are coming to sing with me on my stage that I'm hosting a show at every week. I so saw like, when Prince got up and grabbed the guitar. Yes. I've seen that on your Like huge social. moments that people don't get to experience every day. You know, it was like life changing. So it's like, don't worry. You know, you didn't give up anything. I actually got more by doing that. Can God use Prince and these other people to inspire his children? Yes. Oh, I thought he only used Christians. Right. He used well, pigs. Well, and even the facts that... He did utilize them, didn't he? Yeah. He did right, utilize the pigs. Um, so the thing is, is that, you know, when she's saying, you know, I felt like God wanted me to start this show. A lot of like where we came from, that would be a crazy idea. God said for you to start this show in Hollywood. Right. Right. That's not a Christian show. It's like what's funny is that literally some people will have a hard time even wrapping their minds around that. Now, 10 years ago, even more people. You know what yeah. I mean? 20 years ago? Yeah. More people. They're like, it's secular. You see what I'm saying? Can you believe? But it was literally what she was supposed to be doing at that Can time. Can you believe how the Pharisees must have felt when they saw Jesus eating with sinners and women? Right. Back then? Like, for real. Right. Yeah. Like, talking to Samaritans? Right. And, like, so, yeah, I, I get it. All right, so how does oh, it come yeah. together? How do you guys come together? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so during that time when I was doing Glee, I had a friend there on the set handing me a computer of Ryan singing. And he said, I have this guy who looks like Jared Leto. He does. And you need to (laughs) meet him. And I heard him singing with his chest hair. (laughs) He had like like a lowered shirt with chest hair. Wait, you're into the chest hair? At but the time? It was, and I want to be very clear. This was not a V-neck. All right, this was not a V-neck that <laughs> was I was wearing. Everybody watching, just... it was a silky button-up. It was sick, and yeah. he had his long hair like dyed black. Dude, if you black. Google Ryan Edgar and you look at some of his pics, he looks like an angel. And oh, so he, whatever. He's like looking up at the Matt. camera, this pink light shining on oh. him. I've seen some of your outfits, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that oh, one. I That's a love that. All right, so Jared Leto looking like walks in chest okay. hair, not I a V-neck. He- yeah, I hear him sing. <laughs> Singing. And of course, looks, voice, I was sold. We started talking for like a whole year mm-hmm. uh, via text and stuff. And he yeah. wouldn't ask me out, out because like, you know, he and knew you I was And you reverted back to your seven years of don't hold my hand or else my flower. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys come together. Yeah. So you're chasing him and he's not feeling it? Well, we weren't. He, she got me first. He, he. No, for sure. I, well, I, once I. I started to reach out to her on like like through we, Vine, Vine first. It was Vine. Vine? We, well, so we followed each other first, and then Instagram. You know, this was like Vine and Insta- Vine. It was just popping at and the time. And then, real quick, just to catch the <laughs> listeners up. So, which is over. You now. had this experience where your body shut down. You come back to oh. God, and then now, are you already leading worship? Like you're a good Christian boy, not doing anything? Or oh heck you- no, bro. Okay, so so well, 
Yeah. What, like, there's more? Oh, yeah. I know that the perfect like story is that Ryan never had any trouble or Ryan, all of a sudden his right. addictive personality was gone, but that is not asked my God story. To help and God helped you. Yeah, he did help me. And you then know? what? Yeah, and he's like, well, I need you to like have this, like there's a part of how he put me together where it's actually a good thing. Yeah. Like the way that I can catch on to something and do it over and over again and obsess over it. That's for a purpose and used in the right way. It's kind of brilliant. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and I have the freedom to say it's kind of brilliant because it's really bad on the other side. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So yes. It's, so it's good and bad. So, you know, there's, there's struggles that I had. There's things that I've gone through after, you know, I was in Teen Challenge for a year. And that person that went into Teen Challenge and the person that came out, that's two totally different people. So awesome. Like, I'm telling you, man, like the, the way my mind was working and the, and the place I was heading and how addicted I was to so many things. And I didn't even know it how addicted I was until I got in there. Okay. So there's healing and all this stuff that happened to me over that year. Um, when I graduated there, I ended up going to crash of the nations in Dallas, Texas. And then, so I went there for two years and that's when I got connected with gateway and everything. And I went to Dallas Baptist. I graduated from there, ended up staying in Texas. And that's where I started my Christian music journey also like trying to figure out how to negotiate the fact that I was writing pop songs and love songs. And this culture I'm in is really a strong worship culture, a strong, you know, and Mm -hmm. so figuring out I was the only one that wasn't just about that. I had other gifts. I was a different kind of person, you know? So that began a, um, there started to be some tension there and like, I don't kind of like, I don't fit in completely here yet, you know? And so there's some things that, that I had to experience and go through, um, as far as a creative and as far as just being a human being and, you know, and, uh, and growing in church. So this is so awesome because talking to both of you, the story is different, but it's so freaking similar, Mm -hmm. which is why probably when you guys come together, you guys probably have had a ton of me too moments, oh, right? The first night we met, yeah, dude. I, w- I looked at him and I looked at the stars and we might have been high, <laughs> but I said, I get you. And we, we might have s- been. And we sang Father Abraham and like all of our kids songs. And I was like, this is my person. It's like I've known him my whole life. You know, wow. this is going to be smooth sailing from here. Like right. redemption, happy ending story, yeah. restoration, the whole thing. But it was really freaking hard after that. But he yeah. was my, and is my person still. It's <laughs> I, could just, t- I could totally tell. We got married, you know what I mean? Baby and We got to do some work. Right? We going on 10 years. 10 years together, it. locking it down. Let's go. Let's okay, go. so she, y'all chasing it, you're on okay. Vine. And then what? Oh yeah, okay, so. So I, um, I started to send, I sent her messages. Did we she tell you me, the very first thing here? That's probably too much. The no, first thing he ever said, stay on Vine. Level us up. And so by the way, just, you'll know when we say this, I still wasn't a fully restored person right. at this time. So he. Me but, neither, man. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he wrote. That's why I wasn't like, okay, so first of all, can I tell you Real quick. I want dying to know what you I wrote. knew I will tell you. But like here's the thing is that when we first met, I was I already knew I was in a place of sort of like I had been hit. Like my faith had been I was dashed up against the rocks in a lot of ways. A lot of church hurt stuff, people hurt stuff, you know. So I was starting my recon, you know, my deconstruction 
deconstruction phase, sort of like, uh, try, and by that, I mean like trying to take off what wasn't working and you know what I mean? And I was trying to focus and I was like, I'm going to be a better person at this point. I'm going to do this. And you know, so when I first connected with Nikki, it took me like a year until I actually yeah. reached out to her seriously, but I did but send he, her some funny. He broke the ice with, he wrote B, what is it? B E W B S. B E W B S. Boobs. <laughs> what? I know. Boobs. All right, so. Boobs. If you That's seen your the opener? Vine, yes. Dude, if you'd have seen the vine, it would have made sense. And I was like, oh, he's so great. And it was more like this, Matt. I love him already. Matt, Matt, this is how it looked, Matt. I saw the picture. I go, oh. I saw, I saw the vine. I go, oh. Boobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I ever said to my wife. Awesome. So I was in the same wavelength. So by the time you guys talk about it and you're like, I get you and you sing yeah, Father Abraham yeah. and all that, yeah, yeah, the yeah, boobs yeah. had already happened? Yeah, that boobs had already, had already happened. happened. That, yeah. happened. <laughs> that was the first thing I said to her, man. I said babes. Babes. Like babes. You know, I thought it was being funny how I spelt it or whatever. You know, so and I'm like, he's great. I swear, I didn't think, you know, over a decade later, I'd be sitting on a podcast talking about it. So, you, know. you kids at home, don't comment. It doesn't yeah. work for doesn't everybody. Work. Yeah, pay attention to what you're. Saying. All right, so you guys meet and <gasps> yeah. all this. So you sing Father Abraham. This yep. is my person. Mm -hmm. Then what? So I okay. So the first time we met, we didn't meet until like. What was it? it? Was over a year later. Over a year later, I was coming yeah. out to LA, and I was going to stay for. I was going to stay with a uh, a good friend of mine. So I I bought an open ended ticket. Was going to be there for at least. I was like, I'm going to go for about you know three weeks or something, and I'll buy my ticket and come back because I was in a publishing deal here in Nashville, and I was going to go write work and just bring songs back, you know. And I had missed. I hadn't been to LA in like it had been two, you know, like a year and a half or two years or something like that. So I'd been. So I was planning a good trip, and I called her. And I was like, hey, I'm coming in. And she's like, you got to sing at my show. You got to hang out. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I want to take you on a dinner date while I'm there, it's too. A dinner date. And guys in LA are like, let's hang sometime. Yeah. You know? Did you laugh at Chuckle at dinner date? I was date? like, whoa, this is serious. Dinner I like date. took him serious yeah. dinner date. But then he hadn't said anything for like, it was getting up on like three days before he was supposed to fly in. I'm like, he ain't scheduled no dinner date yet. So I, I told him, by the way, the night you get in, I'm having a party at my house. You should come by. He said, I'll come. So then I scheduled a party at my house. <laughs> oh, so yeah, after yeah, yeah, yeah. to ensure. You're like, crap, he yeah. called my man. I got to schedule a party now. To ensure mm -hmm. that I would see him. But it was like lightning in a bottle yeah. real fast. And I think it was like, it was already eight weeks into it. He looked at me and he's like, do you know something? And I'm like, what? He's like, if, if we're going to work out, we need Jesus in our relationship. Yeah. Oh, dude, I love you. You and said that? Yeah. I did. Well, and by the way, it was supposed to be a three-week trip and notice she said eight weeks, right? So eight weeks later, I'm still in LA. He never went back yeah, besides getting his go. stuff. Yeah, I just went Nashville. back to get my stuff. Yeah, I moved to LA. <laughs> and you were at Gateway at the time doing the whole worship thing or not? No, that was, I ended that, this is 2013-ish, right? So about, two, you know, that 2013 year, but I stopped at Gateway probably 2011-12. Okay. So it was almost, it was a few years that I hadn't been there at least, you know? So. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. So then how, you know, you guys get married, you have, mm -hmm. you know, you know, beautiful daughter now, Frankie. And he yep. adopted my daughter, Jaslyn from the, the first marriage. That was crazy. Such a good man. Yeah. Oh, whatever, man. You and really so, are. and it changes their name yeah. on the birth certificate. Like his, her birth dad, his name is not even 
legally anywhere. Which is and dope. And it's Edgar. Yep. And when they met, it was like, they're like very similar. And he's like, you're my kid. And she's like, you're my dad. There's no one else that would be my dad. You yeah. Know? Our first, our first hangout, I was taking her from a friend, one friend to another friend's house, you know? And well, first time we got to hang out like for a while, I took her to lunch and I was like, what do you talk to? You know, like, how do you talk to a girl who's, you know, 13, 12, 13 years old? Yeah. Like, what all do you talk to them about? You know, I mean, I, uh, right. I was just a single dude. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't, <laughs> so like, what do Boobs. you do? We sat down. Oh, I mean, yeah. not with that. Sorry. <laughs> the wrong way to, inf- like, she's just giving you an example. Not inserting my that right. to talk about that, by the way. I'm right. just saying. No. Of course. Okay. So Eli, the wheels are coming off. <laughs> no, we just go to, but we just go to lunch that day and I sit with, with Jazzy for like three hours. That's tough. And it was yeah. so. So fun. did she come on so every day? Like, mom, I really like. Oh it. yeah. No, she was the first one. I had dated this like finance guy before Ryan who did everything for jazz, like brought her like these game consoles and like, and she'd be like, I don't care what he can, can still keep buying me stuff, but this guy is not the guy for you, but you know, I'll take his gifts, you know, I'll take a new iPad, I'll take his stuff. And then she met Rye who just took her out to lunch and talked to her. And she's like, yep, that's the you know first why, guy. Bro? You saw her. You well, saw her. You exactly. saw her. That's sick. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. You're cool. I stole it from you guys. Oh, <laughs> That's cool, man. So, okay. So, real quick before, because now you guys, you're obviously doing great. You've been married for, for 10 years. One thing I wanted to talk about before we close this out, I do want to concentrate, or not concentrate, but I want to talk about, like, the church hurt. Mm-hmm. What did they do to you, and how do you get over it? Right. Um, well, every, the things that weren't as permissible as they are now Okay, hold on. There were things that weren't as permissible in just the last decade when it Mm -hmm. comes to working in or being at a church, you know? And I knew that these are more preferences. Here's the rules. Here's what we abide by here. And here's how this goes. Okay. And here's what we expect from you. And I did my best, you know, I was always trying to stay on track, always trying to people please. I mean, I'm learning this later. I would, I was really good at that part you know, and really trying to be there. And then once I got to that space and then I was, uh, as I got more leadership or maybe some more eyes were kind of set on me, I felt more and more scrutiny as well, you know, and I knew that that was wrong. Something inside of me was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I mm-hmm. don't want this. I don't want this. I'm not that, you know, and I, I did notice a difference between me and others. Like there's some other people who really fit well in that Christian culture, man. They don't have right. the same proclivities I do. They don't, they have a totally different mind. They have things they're interested in. It just so happened that I love the music and the culture and all the things. And that put a lot of eyes on me. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, Absolutely. so like they put eyes on in. I'm not saying anything against them, but dude, no. look at today they're not writing Super Bowl commercials. They're not writing those because that's the avenue God had. Like you can still be a believer and in the world, but not of the world. You can still become all things to all yes. people and not jeopardize. Yes, you know your holiness to God. Yeah, what well, was? Can I say that? the parallels of not one time? Right, that happened. Sorry. Well, yeah, like you, you were just saying, it's like I couldn't really have successfully been a abstinent speaker on the road and having sex, premarital sex, right? So there yeah. is like a level of understanding right. for for that, but there's not the 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 time and grace given to how do we how do we pivot here? How do we take this situation and what it is and not completely cut them off, but let's help them 
you know, let's figure out, let's ask questions. I think questions are so important. Mm -hmm. Why are you in this space? Why are you doing this? You know, I would have said my childhood, my family, it's really hard. I go home to abuse. You know, they don't ask those questions. It's you just, they see the result. They see the action and nothing that leads up to that action. So same with Ryan, like, well, where are you at? What can we do to make ensure that you're following kind of what, we want for our ministry and what fits what that is, but with love and with grace. And there's just, you know, as we saw yesterday on Instagram, when Mm -hmm. people fall publicly, people have opinions and they come and it's like this hammer goes down and it's like, you don't deserve this. People try to tell you what you deserve. But if you look at yourself, we've all failed someone in our lives. We've all done something wrong. Let's talk about that. And then we'll close on that. And then I'm going to ask you guys to sing a song together, but no pressure. We'll close because, but let's talk about because we were talking about that offline. Carl Lentz, uh, huge, very dynamic, very famous pastor under Hillsong, had a pretty big fall of infidelity uh, like two years ago or so and went off the radar. None of us really heard of him, didn't post on Instagram or anything. Now we just got news yesterday. He's coming back at um, Transformation Church under Pastor Mikey Todd, who's one of the biggest pastors in America right now, is a huge mm-hmm. church. We looked at the Instagram. It is filled with hate, no grace. Right. How can you do this? And to be honest, I see both sides in terms of, you know, let's say the religious side. Homie had a really big church back in the day, had a really big bad fall, and now he's coming back under a really, really big church. Is that the best option i don't know i'm not yeah. in this position and then the other side like i know all the hate and all that there's no grace in what people are giving him at all and it's like dude y'all better be careful because what you judge today can be knocking on your door tomorrow yeah so right what so you guys have been through it yes. i haven't and i'm coming to you what's the answer what's the right way also, the knives were sharp for Carl before it happened. You know what I'm saying? People are jealous of him in general. Let's mm-hmm. just speak to it. There's people who yeah. are like, he's too good looking and cool and charismatic, right? Yep. He seems like a star. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. So there's also added hate, in my opinion, for Carl, because if Carl was not as good looking and came back all, people might be more chill about it. So yeah. He's too gifted. God gave him too much. And so now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not, not literally, but you know, no, so people you. have a problem with it and they're actually, some people, great are, point. Yeah, some people are actually jealous of Carl. So let me just. But they'll never admit it. That's not jealousy. Yeah. I'm right. just worried about him preaching. He can't do this. Well, why are you so wanting to control him so hard? Who do you think? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, where's that coming from? It's really, oh, is it to protect you? Is it to protect the church? Is that what you're doing? Are you the church protector now? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, right. so. Yeah. And what's the timeline? When is someone deemed okay? Like, when, yeah. when do when you everyone think... thinks it's okay, apparently. Sorry, yeah. Like, like, when has he had enough time to to evaluate his life and and see what happened to his family and what his kids went through and all of that. We don't know the inner workings mm-hmm. of his life. I think we can only pray and champion for that to resolve and his family to thrive and this to be a chance that he goes, I'm not going to I'm not going to ruin this second chance. I'm going to use it to help heal other marriages. We don't know. So would you say yeah, go ahead. I got something burning in me. Bro. <laughs> but Jesus did not say you need to trust Carl Lentz. Everybody who knows that he's the pastor now. Jesus didn't say, trust him with your whole heart. He said, trust me, right? What did he say to do to the sinner? Forgive them. Don't judge them lest you be what? Judged. Judged. 
How about the plank in your, come on somebody. We're not supposed to judge people. We're not supposed to be holding Carl's feet to the fire to make sure that, you know, he's paid enough before he comes back. I even saw in the comments earlier, somebody said he needs to start at the bottom and come up. Like, what does that even mean? You mean the bottom of the organization? Is that what you're saying? So you want to tell Mike Todd how to run his organization? I'm sorry. I just, I get so like, I get upset at these, these ways of thinking that enter these, uh, enter people's minds that are Christians. They get online and they start typing hater, judging people. And literally it doesn't work this way or that way. It doesn't work. This is why I'm asking. I'm going to be humble and say this is because I don't know the answer. I only have my opinion. Right. Like, that's why I'm asking two people who have been at the top, fell to the bottom, and got freaking trampled on and eaten when they were there mm-hmm. by the Christians. Right. And do you know who I remember? Mm-hmm. Good question. It wasn't, I don't remember anything spe- too specifically that people told me that was negative. I don't remember the people that had something to say and took my songs off or, or, or told me I couldn't sing at their church. But I remember one guy in Sarasota, who's a part of my testimony, who's a pastor, who when I was 18 years old and I had a four-week-old baby, he was the only one who didn't cancel my show. And I went there four weeks after I had a baby and they held her in the front row and they gave me a check and they said, we're not canceling you. You can come to our church. And it's that kindness. And I think that people don't realize that that that's a part of my testimony. What brought me back in was the song, It's His Kindness That Leads to Repentance. It is the grace of God. It's that that thing we sing about. He'll leave the 99, the overwhelming love of God. You know, that's the reality of it. And that's what will make the difference in people's lives. You know, even for for Carl, it's not going to be those people hating. It's going to be those ones that say, I still believe in you and I'm praying for you. That's what we remember. That's God's heart for us. Mm -hmm. There's your level up moment right there. It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance, the kindness of God. Without Eli restructuring everything and hooking stuff up, can you guys both just from that microphone, don't get mad at me. Can you do God is so good the way you did it so good on on Instagram? And Uh, just we'll end on that. God we could just sing so like a hook good. of it. Uh, yeah. I just want people to hear. God, God, yeah. We're just sing it together, unison or. So well, I stay. Okay, on you it. stay there. there we go. I stay there, right? Yeah, go ahead. We're just, yeah, this we is go. how we're, we're, we're watching professionals three. work. Go ahead. God, 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 God. Where we go? Wait, three, two. God is so good. God is so God is so good, he's so good to me. I'm hugging you through the microphone. I love you, Matt. I freaking love you guys. Can we give it up for Ryan Edgar and Nikki Leonti? Thanks, Ryan. Why are you still Nikki Leonti? Why aren't you Nikki Edgar? <laughs> it's too, a lot to change up, like just paperwork-wise, okay. but I'll do it. So it's a paperwork Should I do game? it? Should I do it? Yeah, do it now, baby. <laughs> oh, okay. Right now. It's, we did it. We changed on level up. Some people have actually, some people have actually thought they've, like, they've, some people have, some people have had it, but like, Ryan, you need to, and I'm like, like why isn't she have your name? Bro, I was, I was in my 30s when we got married, bro. As well, I'm not like, what is this? Some people have their husband's names, but they don't right. have their hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie not Underwood's heart. not Carrie Fisher. <laughs> no. She's married to Mike <laughs> Fisher. She's all. Carrie Underwood. Because it's just, that's the, yeah. dude, I totally get I it. I may yeah. surprise him one day. 
<laughs> Let's go. I'll take it. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Dude, I love you guys. Where can everybody follow you? Uh, at Nikki Leonti on Instagram. At the Ryan Edgar on Instagram. And all the other mm-hmm. handles are our names. So yeah. I love it. All under handles. Dude, you guys. I freaking love you guys. We Thank you so you. much for coming you're on. You're awesome yeah. and you're amazing. Don't y'all and you're love intentional. The, everybody. And he, every place he goes it's lights true. up. Yeah. Oh, I see you, you giving all the time. Bro. Yes. That's what I see. I see I you mean, giving. Don't. You make me cry. All the time. I, dude, I like to see people, like you said. Like, Jesus is always in season. Like, mm. people know me in the Chick fil A drive thru and in the McDonald's because I see them. Just see people. See people. Mm. People are hurting. They don't need your religion or your opinion. They need your love. Yeah, buddy. Mm. Go out there and love the hell out of people. This has been another uh, session. What is it? Podcast level show level up. Whatever. It's been another episode of Level Up. I love you guys. Like, subscribe, share, follow my friends, and go love the hell out of people. God bless you.